Thank you. 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
חדש בתוך סיפור עתיק יומים.
JM in the AM. Ah, uh, yes. Welcome to a Friday Rosh Chodesh morning. Yehia Chodesh done by Shlemy Dax, that great classic medley, brand new from Simcha Liner. Ellie Levin with Cholem Kamo Yosef. Achenu, a, an unsung Achenu. And I don't mean it that it's not sung, but meaning it's not as well known as the Achenu that the whole world sings. But it is an amazing Achenu off of the Forever One album from Avram Freed who is the star, by the way, of Kosher Halftime Show 2024. And Regesh Modani opening things up, and we say good morning. Welcome to a Friday on this February the 9th, day 30 in the month of Shvat. Today is Rosh Chodesh. It's the first day of a two-day Rosh Chodesh Adar Aleph. Mishinichnas Adar Marbim Besimcha, and we get the opportunity to take that literally tonight since it's the Shlom Zachar. Remember, Mayor Weingarten always taught us that the proper pronunciation is Shlom Zachar. It is the Shlom Zachar of, uh, <laughs> I'm laughing because if Josh Vass heard me say it, he would, he would roll his eyes because, uh, his, his opinion is that you know you go with you go with the way most people say it even if it might be slightly wrong but anyway we've had that conversation before anyway the shlom zachar is tonight bezrat hashem brand new grandson we're uh we're in seventh heaven to say the least the Levinson and siegel families baruch hashem and yes, Mishanichnas Adar Mar Bimbisimcha. Today's Rosh Chodesh. Today add uh, Yalav Yavo, half Hallel. <coughs> oh boy. As I said to somebody, I'm feeling awful, but a million times better than yesterday. So, those of you who've had this, whatever it is that's going around, you know what I mean, I'm sure. Anyway, um, yes, yeah, so Yalav Yavo, half Hallel. Special Torah reading, Musaf, Baruch Inafshi, and whatever your custom calls for on a Rosh Chodesh morning. Um, so today is Rosh Chodesh. Tomorrow, Shabbos Rosh Chodesh, Atiyotzarta, two Torahs, etc., etc. Terev Shabbos Parshas Mishpatim. Um, candle lighting time on this Rosh Chodesh Erev Shabbos is a 5.02 in New York. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Again, 5.02 in New York. Kosher Halftime Show is Sunday. It'll be made available just before halftime. Our YouTube channel, Nahum Siegel Network. Our Facebook page, Nahum Siegel Network. Probably 300 other platforms or emails that you know, you'll be receiving uh, with the Kosher Halftime Show. Avram Fried is the star. The Rothenberg Law Firm is the uh, presenting sponsor. Our friends at Bartonura. And Tuscanini have come up with phenomenal kosher halftime shows, Super Bowl spots, in my opinion. Really cool commercials. Um, and it's about a 20-minute show, and I think that it will reflect the the fun of Super Bowl Sunday and the seriousness of the time that we are in right now. Uh, I think it's really a tremendous mix. I got you know, people were wondering, should we have all these football images and allude to the you know, the levity of the game and this and that, and I, I think it worked out perfectly. So Kosher Halftime Show happens on um, on Sunday just before halftime, and, of course, uh, kudos to Robert Kraft. I can't stand praising anybody that has anything to do with the New England Patriots, but this guy, Robert Kraft, is such an effective Jewish leader, such an effective Jewish leader. Talk about putting your money where your mouth is and having, you know, the right feelings toward Israel and, 
the whole thing is just uh, he, he represents us so well in a business that is, you know, one of the largest, if not, you know, I, I, what's the NFL? Top five? Like, what, what, what rivals the NFL in terms of a business in America? Disney? Apple? Like, what, you know, Amazon? What rivals them? They're, they're in that group. And um, he has just been amazing. So he, of course, is funding the Super Bowl, the actual Super Bowl commercial uh, about anti-Semitism. So collect a vote to him. Malcolm Honelines in Israel. We are assuming that he'll be with us an hour from now for the weekly update. Bezrat Hashem. Harry Rothenberg and uh, Rabbi Yudin on Parshas Mishpatim coming up. And we'll close out the week. Mark Zamek has an amazing Arab Shabbos show brought to you by Kedem, and that starts at 10 a.m. Eastern time this morning. And all of our great weekend programming is all set. Kosher halftime show, as we said, of course, Sunday night. And uh, we just keep rolling here at JM and the Nachum Siegel Network. Uh, don't forget to purchase everything you need from A&H, right? You need the salami. You need the knockwurst. You need the varieties of hot dogs. You need the sausage. You need the deli meats. A&H is going to be key to a good Super Bowl party for your friends and family. So make sure to get whatever you need today for A from A&H in your supermarket or kosher supermarket. And... Um, don't forget that we've got a week left to our fundraiser. If you haven't yet given, if you haven't yet become a supporter of our 40th anniversary campaign, now we're literally getting into the last days. Because yesterday I toyed with, because of the way I've been feeling, I toyed with postponing the end of the campaign, and I was uh, read the riot act. I was told, no, the campaign ends a week from today. That's it. The 16th of February is the last day of the campaign, and that is it. So uh, so I, I need you guys out there who haven't given yet. Anybody who hasn't given yet, I need you. I need you badly to give at some point in the coming week. Uh, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. All right, so that's the story. Lots of good things going on, and we're getting ready for a very simchadik Shabbos Amir Tashem, even though, of course, we'll be thinking of the 18 Shabbatot that our brothers and sisters have been held by the enemy. This will be Shabbat number 18, right? Um, yeah, it's uh, the numbers are getting up there. I, I'm, I'm not even mentioning what day it is today. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm assuming, what are we up to? We're up to uh, 125, 126 in that area. So I have to, I'm going to have to get the exact number. But I do know it's the exact number of Shabbatot. This is the 18th Shabbat that our brothers and sisters are being held captive. So yes, it's the Jewish experience. Simcha intertwined with pain and agony that we all feel for our brothers and sisters. That is the Jewish experience. Um, some people would say we care too much about others. We ca We care just the right amount, but we have to... Uh, we have to really navigate this balancing act in a way that's been very, very difficult, that's for sure. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app, for Android and iPhone and comment away. Listener Tikva has already tossed in a Shabbat Shalom on our app. Um, oh, someone wants to hear Purim songs. This was a debate, and I do a show with Radio Coldplay in Israel every Sunday through Wednesday, and uh, in the group they were debating if Purim music should start or not. So they said that a regular Rosh Chodesh, like Rosh Chodesh Adar Bet, of course you'd start the Purim music. Rosh Chodesh Adar Aleph, you don't have to, but the option is there if you want to. That was their decision. So should we play some Purim music? Maybe we will sneak in a song or two at some point today. Uh, that will be nice. 
Uh, listener Morris says Chodesh Tov. Wishing everybody a uh, spectacular Shabbat Shalom. Thank you, listener Morris. Much appreciated. More coming up. Yoni Z and Nisim Black are together with this one. You're listening to JM in the AM.
My brother, have you been? I've been thinking of you often Cause I don't know where to be While you're out there battling For the survival of our nation Just know I have you in my heart Always with you, no matter how far Looking towards the day When we'll celebrate me coming home Achim No matter all the miles, Ochim Yad Biyad at the Terech Azor, the Meshech Koladorot, Achim Biyachad. My brother, we're together as one, together as I'm 
חשוב לי שתדע שאנחנו החיילים נלחמים גם בשבילך לשמוך על הבית עד שתחזור בחזרה אחים ביחד No matter where you are Kunstler, Shlomo Lippmann, together, Achim Biyachad. What a song. That is a song. We got to get Aryeh Kunstler on the air on that one. We really do. Uh, there have been a lot of amazing songs that have come out of this war. A lot. That, in my opinion, is uh, one of the great ones. Achim Biyachad. Mayain, the classic from Avramo, Avram Fried, who's, of course, the star of the upcoming Kosher Halftime Show 2024. Sunday is when you'll see it, courtesy of the Rothenberg Law Firm and all of our amazing commercial sponsors. Uh, it'll drop uh, just before 8 p.m. Eastern time. You'll find it on the Nahum Siegel Network uh, Facebook page, Nahum Siegel Network YouTube channel. Um, it'll be all over the place. It'll be all over the place. Enjoy it. It's a, a tremendous look at the times that we're in with one of the greats, with Avram Fried. Uh, we presented at the Kosher Halftime Show this coming Sunday. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSiegel.com and the NachumSiegel Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. Got it's on the background. 
We'll do our news from Israel coming up and then plenty more. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Friday is next. Boker Toe from Jam the M. Galitzal, דיווחים בסוריה, תקיפה בשדה התעופה הצבאי על מזה בדמשק. סוכנות הידיעות הסורית מעדכנת כי מערכות ההגנה האווירית של צבא סוריה יראו לעבר טילי אויב בשמי דמשק. ידיעה שמסר כתבנו לענייני הערבים ג'קי חוגי. ערוץ החדשות על ערביה מדווח כי ארצות הברית וקטר דונות באפשרות להוציא את ראשי חמאס משטח הנסיכות. הערוץ מצטט מקורות שטבעם לא מסר, שהוסיפו כי המשך המגעים בנוגע לעסקת חילופין מצוי כעת בידי המצרים, אולם תגובת חמאס להצעה הביכה אותם. נסיכות קטר משמשת ב-12 השנים האחרונות מרכז הלשכה המדיני של חמאס, זאת לאחר שעקרה מדמשק ובבירתה דוחה פועל, פועלים משרדי חמאס במתכונת של נציגות דיפלומטית. גבר כבן 50 נפצע בצהריים באורח קשה בהתרסקות מסטוס זעיר במנחת מגידו. מדווחת כתבתנו לענייני תעופה עינב קרנר. אווירון זעיר משקל התרסק לקראת הנחיתה במנחת מגידו שבעמק יזרעאל. גבר כבן 50 נפצע באורח קשה בהתרסקות וצוות מגן דוד אדום פינה אותו לבית החולים העמק בעפולה כשהוא סובל מחבלה רב מערכתית. צוות חוקר התאונות הראשי במשרד התחבורה בודק את הנסיבות לתאונה. ייתכן שציפור פגעה במנוע והובילה להתרסקות. בית המשפט העריך עד ליום ראשון את מעצרם של שלושה תושבי שייח' דנון שנעצרו בחשד שתקפו מאבטחים בבית החולים לגליל בנהריה וגנבו את נשקו של אחד מהם. כתבנו קובי מנדל מוסיף שבמהלך התקיפה אחד החשודים אף ניסה לתפעל את כלי הנשק, אך ללא הצלחה. מזג האוויר מעונן חלקית עם ירידה קלה בטמפרטורות בצפון הארץ ובמישור החוף ייתכן טפטוף, הלילה מעונן חלקית, לקראת בוקר צפוי גשם מקומי בצפון ולאורך מישור החוף תיתכן סופות רעמים יחידות. ואלה זמני כניסת השבת, פרשת משפטים, ראש חודש אדר א', בירושלים ב-4.40, בתל אביב ב-5 ודקה ובחיפה ב-4.49 ובבאר שבע תיכנס השבת ב-5 ושתי דקות. ואלה זמני צאת השבת מחר בירושלים ובחיפה ב-5:57, בתל אביב בדקה ל-6 ובבאר שבע תצא השבת מחר ב-6 בדיוק. לכל מאזיננו שבת שלום, אלה החדשות.
With Shim Kramer, Tormi Shalom, before that, Kello Dos on a Friday Erev Shabbos. It is a Rosh Chodesh morning. Rosh Chodesh Adar Aleph, Mishanichnas Adar Marbim Besimcha. Let's hope we have plenty to celebrate and plenty to enjoy during these um, two months of Adar. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. It is again today, Rosh Chodesh, and tomorrow, Rosh Chodesh. 502 candle lighting in New York for this Erev Shabbos Parshas Mishpatim. Make sure you know. When things start where you are. Kosher Halftime Show this coming Sunday. Look for it on our YouTube channel. Look for it on uh, NahumSiegel.com. Look for it on the NahumSiegel Network Facebook page. I'm sure it'll be in your email. If you don't get our emails, you can just write to Avrami. He'll put you on the list. AF at NahumSiegel.com. AF at NahumSiegel.com. Harry Rothenberg's... <coughs> excuse me. Harry Rothenberg's Erev Shabbos presentation is uh, presented in honor of a refuah shlema for our dear friend, Ruchama Chana Etol Baschava. Ruchama Chana Etol Baschava. Ruchama Chana Etol Baschava. Harry Rothenberg, Parshas Mishpatim, JM in the AM. 
This week we learned the laws of damages. The Torah tells us that if someone injures someone else, they have to pay the victim's medical bills. The phrase in the Torah is rapo yirape, you should provide for healing. The Talmud tells us that without that phrase, we might think that a doctor cannot render any aid. Why? Because the person who got sick or got injured, even if someone else did it to him or her, that was coming to them. God decreed it. So who is a doctor to step in to try to rescind God's decree? Instead, the Torah tells us, provide for healing. Doctors have permission to heal. And we have permission to seek medical assistance. In fact, it's a mitzvah. And further, one commentator says that the reason the language is doubled, rapo yirape, literally, heal you shall heal, is to tell you that you might think that if you go to a doctor and that doctor can't help you, God has decreed permanence. There's nothing more you can or should do. No, the language is doubled to tell you, go to a second doctor or a third doctor. Maybe that doctor can help. There's a rabbi who tells a great story. In his later years, he lost his hearing. Started seeing a specialist, a doctor. During one of his visits, the doctor said to him, Rabbi, I have a question for you. Why does it say in the Talmud that the best of doctors goes to Gehenna, to hell? The rabbi doesn't answer. The doctor figures he can't hear, so he raises his voice. Rabbi, I have a question for you. The rabbi doesn't answer. The doctor starts screaming, the whole office can hear, Rabbi! Finally, the rabbi looks at the doctor and he says, I heard you the first time. The doctor says, well then why don't you answer me? And so the rabbi says to him, because what connection do you have to the best doctors? You're obviously not one of the best doctors. I've been seeing you for a long time and I still can't hear anything. Bring me one of the best doctors and I'll answer him or her. The doctor smiles, he knows that the rabbi is kidding, and the rabbi says, let me give you an answer. An unskilled doctor is going to pray to God because they know I need God's help with this procedure, this treatment, this surgery. But a highly skilled doctor may not pray. That doctor may say, I got this, I can heal this patient on my own, I don't need God's help. Doctors have to realize, as skilled as they are, even the best doctors, they're God's messengers. God is gonna make the ultimate determination as to whether that treatment or surgery is going to be successful. But maybe there's another possible explanation as to that phrase in the Talmud. Think about the best doctors in history. Dr. J, Dr. Pepper, Dr. Jekyll. I'm kidding, obviously, but really, think about the best doctors you know. You know what they're like? They constantly hone their craft. They're always consulting medical journals or colleagues, going to conferences, always trying to make sure that they're at the cutting edge, rendering the best possible medical care. And at night when they put their heads on their pillows, they may have a sense of unease. Did I do enough? Maybe I could have consulted another journal or colleague or gone to another conference, tried another procedure. And that sense of unease is hellish to them. And so maybe the Talmud's not critiquing them, it's complimenting them, and we should as well. We know, doctors, how hard you work and how much you care. You're doing God's work, and we really appreciate it. Thank you.
תבואי בשלום, עטרת בעלה, גם ברינה ובצה עולם.
JM in the AM. We'll get to the uh, Lachado D selection from Eden coming up here at JM in the AM. That was Avrami Flam, La Yehudim, and Mishanichnas Adar Marbim Bissimcha. Ah, Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem, with all the difficulties that uh, the Jewish people are going through, we still get to celebrate Smachot. Uh, Yaakov Shweki before that with Bowie. Don't forget that the uh, Kosher Halftime Show will be presented on Sunday. Avram Fried, of course, is the star, as we discuss and show some videos of uh, what's been happening the last four months, uh, as he and many other Jewish music stars have been going back and forth to Israel to perform for the soldiers and give inspiration to families, to the wounded, etc., We'll discuss all that with Avram Fried. The Rothenberg Law Firm will be presenting our um, kosher halftime show, as usual, and we thank them very much. Candle lighting at 5.02. Today is Rosh Chodesh. Tomorrow, Shabbos is Rosh Chodesh. Candle lighting 5.02 in New York. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Zerif Shabbos Parshas Mishpatim. Full regular Friday and weekend schedule for us. Today brought to you, of course, by the wonderful people at Kedem. All of our great Friday programming. And... Um, and all of our great weekend programming, as usual, plus, of course, the Kosher Halftime Show Sunday night, courtesy of the Nahum Siegel Network and the Rothenberg Law Firm. Malcolm Holine expected from Israel to be speaking to us about 10 minutes from now. Hopefully he'll join us. Rabbi Yudin, of course, with the uh, Torah portion coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. And plenty more on a Friday Erev Shabbos. Don't forget that the final... Final, final deadline for our 40th anniversary campaign. As much as I tried to extend it yesterday, I was basically read the riot act. <coughs> Excuse me, and told no. This campaign is ending on the 16th of February. Our final, final week is about to start. If you haven't given yet, if you haven't been uh, included in our list of donors, please, please do so. FJBUnity.org, FJBUnity.org. More coming up. It's Friday, Arab Shabbos, JM in the AM. Kala, 
J.M. and the A.M. at the Werdiger family. Baruch Kel Elia and L'Chad was done by Eden. Eden, if you will. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, Parshish Mishpatim. Today is Rosh Chodesh. First of a two-day Rosh Chodesh, Adar Aleph, Mishanichnas Adar Marbim Besimcha. Candlelighting 502 in New York on this Erev Shabbos, Parshish Mishpatim. Malcolm Honline joining us from Israel, coming up in just one minute. Don't forget our friends at jewishworldreview.com. If you want thousands of articles to print out before Shabbos about Israel and the Jewish world, go to jewishworldreview.com and uh, print away, as I like to say. Don't forget the Kosher Halftime Show will be made available right before halftime on Sunday. Avram Fried is our star. It's a bit of a different Kosher Halftime Show. It's an interview and some videos about what Avramel's been doing for the last four months as he has shuttled back and forth to Israel to entertain and inspire the troops, the families, the wounded, etc., etc. That conversation and what I believe is a very inspiring kosher halftime show Sunday brought to you by the Rothenberg Law Firm, InjuryLawyer.com. Malcolm Honline is in Israel, Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, with us live via telephone on this Friday for the weekly update. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good to be with you, especially from here. And I'm overlooking the old city wall at your favorite and my favorite hotel, the Inbal. <laughs> a gorgeous day and a gorgeous week in Yerushalayim. It, it's so perfect. Spring weather. People don't hesitate to come. Come now. They need it. And uh, the people who are here are having a wonderful time. Are you finding that some people are coming? Are you are you accompanied by you know other travelers on this trip? Absolutely. And we have our annual mission coming up. But even before that, uh, many people here in the hotel, many people, in fact, in, including last night, of fans of JM and AM Friday Weekly Report who stopped me in the lobby. So, yes, they're here and they're coming. And God willing, more will come. Amen to that. We'll start on this side of the world, even though there's so much to talk about and certainly a lot to talk about where you are right now. But I, <coughs> excuse me, I know it's hard to believe, but I'm feeling much better than yesterday. Even though, <coughs> again, it's hard to believe. We start on this part of the world. Robert Kraft looks at America, the nation he loves. This is a USA Today report, by the way and is scared about what he sees. I don't recognize parts of this nation, he said in an interview with USA Today. I don't like where we're headed. I'm worried about our country right now. He's always been more than the owner of the Patriots. He's a proud Jew who's dedicated large swaths of his life to fighting anti-Semitism and fostering racial togetherness. We are the greatest country in the world. This is a quote, but it's starting to look like Germany in the 1930s to me. When Kraft was read back that quote and asked exactly what he meant, Kraft did not skip a beat. He said, and I want to prevent us from getting to the 1940s. Why am I bringing this up today? Because Robert Kraft has paid the money, millions of dollars, 
to purchase a Super Bowl ad. Obviously, will be seen by God knows how many people on the topic of anti-Semitism. Uh, Malcolm, a word, if you will, about how someone like this, who's a very successful businessman and a proud Jew, certainly, is making a tremendous difference, at least I believe so, a tremendous difference uh, when it comes to uh, this very sensitive topic about whether the United States is, in fact, like 1930s Germany. So uh, it really requires some context. First, about Mr. Kraft himself, who is, in fact, a very proud Jew, came from an Orthodox family, uh, and is uh, very close to the tradition, uh, and has been, uh, he has had a very successful life, but he's also very charitable, uh, and that, and he has done so openly, and even more so lately, as we confront the Jew hatred that is taking place in America. From he and many others, people like uh, Sam Ackman, the the guy who took on Harvard, the people who took on Penn, the uh, people who are, by the way, and then non-Jews joining, which shows again that when we stand up for principle, others will join us. They're awake. Everybody's looking for the leadership and for the direction. But it's, it's having a remarkable uh, impact. You may not know yet, but Texas A&M, which has long had a university uh, in Qatar, one that became subject of particular attention because they have had nuclear research programs at the campus in Texas, but also uh, non-weapons nuclear research at the campus in Qatar. The board voted last night to pull out of Qatar a very important move, and hopefully other universities will, as long as they continue to fund the anti-Semitism on campus, off campus. Things are being discovered all the time about the amounts of money that are pouring in to organized efforts and the you know direct correlation between foreign funding and anti-Semitism on the campuses, but also in high schools. Today, there's going to be a walkout again at Teaneck High School. It's a disgrace. The, the principals should be dismissed. All the rest of them should be dismissed. Jewish teachers, Jewish students feel unsafe in a, in Teaneck High School. This is not, you know, some isolated uh, area. And the the um, the failure to act that that uh, uh, maps in in Queens high schools have Palestine and not Israel for ten years on display. That kindergartens have are teaching the kids the wheels on the tank instead of the wheels on the bus and and have a woke curriculum for kindergarten. The, 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 per, the pervasive impact of the Jew hatred in America that anybody who doesn't feel it today is sleeping. And they should ask Holocaust survivors what they see, what they sense, what they smell today in what is going on. There isn't an hour we don't get a new report of a new front, a new thrust, for the anti-Semitic activities, and it is organized, it is funded, well, outside, inside, it's coordinated, and the the uh, demonstrations, we're finding more and more information about how they're organized, and I, I hope that the federal agencies and others will, will take a more aggressive stand, uh, the local law enforcement, the departments of education, it's, it's disgraceful that these things can go on, and people get a slap on the wrist at most, for even violence and and uh, serious uh, actions. So I think that what Mr. Kraft is reacting to is what 
I hear from people all over, even here in Israel, people keep asking me about the situation in America and many young people looking to to move to to Israel, either full-time or part-time, because they recognize, and especially in Europe, that the situation's, uh, situation is deteriorating. And we, we have tools at our hand. We have lawsuits. We have other things which really do make a difference. And the pressure that came, by the way, from non-Jews primarily on Texas A&M uh, are all very effective. Members of Congress have to do more. Josh Gottheimer, you know, has really taken this on. Even Senator Kristen uh, Gillibrand in recent weeks has, has agreed to pursue these issues. The, the And many other members of Congress uh, are demanding hearings with Qatar, t- demanding more accountability, demanding that the amounts of money, which amount to many billions, the billions of dollars that are poured in are never accounted for. The universities don't report it. They don't justify it. They don't say what the, what they get. You know, the scholarships that the univ- these countries are getting to bring over people here to their influence on the faculty decisions. And as people learn about it, you have more Bob Crafts emerging and people like Ronald Lauder and others who have long been in the forefront of this battle are really devoting themselves to it. I assume it's Godheimer's district, Teaneck High School. Am I right about that? Um, I would guess. I don't know. I mean, I it, would make, it makes sense. Yeah, that, yeah I, I know it's, it's part of thing. I don't know. And Kraft has to be lauded then uh, for putting his money where his mouth is. And I'm assuming that even though you didn't say it directly, I'm assuming that you do believe that the purchase and placement in the Super Bowl is money well spent, right? I'm sure that it will have an impact. I think bringing the message to the American people who today still overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly reject Jew hatred and support Israel, even though that's not the impression you would get from most of the American media. Right, that's If you listen true. to, to, so to NPR or any of the cable stations except for maybe Fox. Right. And, and um, uh, I mean, what I see here, because I watch some of the European and, um, you know, BBC or, or, or France uh, 25 or 24, it's horrendous. There's no relationship to truth, but unfortunately, it's true of a lot of the media in America as well. And so, the 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 impression one would get that this hostility, because of the attention to uh, the demonstrators, uh, the the pro-Palestinian demonstrators, nobody asks them, "Did you get paid to come?" But when they're asked, "What river and what sea?" you right. see overwhelmingly they don't know. And polls show consistently that the American people remain supportive of Israel. Uh, Malcolm Holines in Israel. I'm not assuming that you have or have not met with the Prime Minister. Uh, usually you will either before or after our first conversation um, during your trips. But um, And I'm not asking you to reveal any details. I'm simply asking you, can you analyze for us why BB turned down the most recent hostage deal offer? As he put, it was uh, delusional. And anything that leaves Hamas in power, and I will tell you, this is the view of most Arab leaders, and I've had discussions with people who are in touch with the Arab leaders, they all want to see Israel not yield until they destroy Hamas, because if they emerge from this and can claim that they can rise again another day, because their intention will be the same, that that uh, anything that gives them a new lease on life will be destructive to the whole region, let alone to the state of Israel, that the message has to be one of resolve and determination 
and that the if you listen to many of the generals who are being interviewed on TV, they keep saying, we're sending the wrong message. We should be standing solidly with Israel, demanding that Israel fulfill it. The, the, the accusations about uh, uh, the civilian casualties, first of all, nobody knows the real numbers because these are all Hamas figures. Second of all, you see that the analysts, the experts who are saying that this is one of the lowest, lowest kill ratios, both for uh, Israeli combatants and for uh, civilians when you're fighting in, in circumstances where civilians are put as uh, as human shields for, for the leadership as they are doing with the hostages or for the people, for the uh, uh, the troops who are hiding amongst uh, in, in fire units. I know that you just found today uh, 500 terrorists hidden amongst the, the people who took refuge there. And uh, there have been some exchanges, some eliminated, many of them captured. And the people are turning them over. Look at the demonstrations against Hamas and how they arrest, the Hamas arrested Palestinians in, in uh, Gaza because they protested against Hamas and they are tired of it. And, and so it's a unique moment. But when they see that the West starts weakening and gives in and starts demanding that Israel, you know, restrain itself, they should be, America has been wonderful. They've been supportive. They've been helpful. The presence of the Air Force, of the air, aircraft carriers are vital. Uh, Congress has been extremely supportive. Uh, I hope that they can get the aid bill through because it's vital for Israel. But most of all, it, you, we have to send the messages that we send. And if they perceive a weakening, that they can, if they hold out and continue the pressure on Israel, that there will, that the West will uh, force Israel again, to prematurely end this, then it will be a disaster. I want to see a resolution. I want to see the hostages. I want to see the hostages returned home. Everybody should pray for it, work for it every day. But it can't be a deal where, again, where we are giving a new lease on life to, to, these, uh, to the ultimate evil that we saw on October 7th and for, the, and, and for America's national interest, for Israel's security and, and future, for the future of the whole region depends on this. By the way, it's the 18th consecutive Shabbat that these current hostages are being held by the enemy, 18th Shabbat. And I say that because somebody from a particular segment of the Orthodox community asked me about uh, what they can do you know, to, to keep people focused on what's happening, and I made this suggestion to just announce, just announce... On Shabbat, just announce at some point before laning, as you sit down to a delicious shalashudas with your shul, whatever it is, just announce what number Shabbos it is for the hostages. Just that 10-second announcement could be effective. Then I was told why they can't do it, which was disappointing, but it's a good suggestion, folks. Week number 18. couple of things to go back. We should point out what you just said about generals and others who are endorsing the policy or the direction of wiping out Hamas completely. Some might think this is shocking, but there are some hostage families that are endorsing that policy. It's not shocking. I mean, they look at the larger picture, the long-term uh, interest. We, we don't know, unfortunately, who's alive and who's not. And so we have to pray that all of them are still alive or, or, or the vast majority will be saved. And it has to be a top priority it's, it adds restrictions to what Israel can do. It can't, you know, take the actions it might otherwise, because we know that Sinair, for instance, is surrounded by um, uh, by hostages. We've they found again cages where people were held, uh, evidence that they were in the underground uh, tunnels. 
But intelligence obviously tells them uh, more information about specific individuals. Uh, so it has to be a top priority. Nobody can can meet these families and not have their heart break and understand what it's like for 18 weeks. And in addition, they should say to Tefillah for the for the hostages and Shulon Shabbos and Tehillim for for Israel, along with the the prayers for the Medina and for 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 the Chayalim. Uh, it's very important. It's important chinuch for our children, education. This is our battle. Anybody who doesn't understand what Israel's fighting is not just, uh, it's not a territorial issue. It never was. It's not a, an ideological issue. It never was. This is about the right of Jews to live, the right of Jews to have a state, the right of Israel to, to persevere. And and their goal is the global extermination of the Jews. It's like the Nazis. They attack in one place, but their goal is ultimately all of us. So we should all do it. And it is not surprising to some of the, I mean, the heroism I see everywhere the the dedication, the the soldiers wounded, losing limbs, and ending up and going right back to their units. Uh, people who uh, it's superhuman. It, you can't understand and how courageous they are, and yet the and the spirit remains so high in in Gaza where we were and elsewhere. The the troops are just waiting and ready to take orders to go in and do what needs to be done. They know what Israel suffered. They understand what will happen if they if they don't, uh, if this job isn't complete. And that doesn't mean killing the civilians there. Israel has done so much to avoid civilian casualties, yet they make it sound as if, you know, the, what was, I don't want to use the terminology because it's inappropriate uh, in describing that Israel didn't take, uh, didn't, didn't restrict itself. It did. That there are civilian casualties. Go back to Hamas. Ask them why they would build tunnels. Why did they use the schools, the hospitals, and everything else? And they show pictures and claim that hospitals are destroyed. Those hospitals were not destroyed. Some of those that they talked about today, uh, they claimed earlier, you know, these were destroyed, the bombs and everything. And you see, it wasn't that they hit the outskirts of the hospitals because that's where the terrorists are. Yeah. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web and AlchemySegal.com and the AlchemySegal Network, and of course, the beloved NSN app. Malcolm Homelines in Israel, Conference of Presidents, major American Jewish organizations. So it's not helpful when the President of the United States describes Israel's conduct in Gaza as a little over the top. That's not helpful, right? I don't know if he said a little. Um, it, I, I do not believe that that is helpful. I don't believe... If, if there are messages to be communicated, they should be done quietly to the leaders of Israel, who have certainly shown sensitivity and are concerned about what uh, our greatest ally and, and most important ally thinks and cares about. Uh, but we're, we're also, this is a battle of American troops. Americans are bombing the Houthis in Yemen. Is anybody going to say that's over the top? They haven't stopped them from shooting rockets and missiles. It's very important what they're doing. But I'm sure there are people who are saying, well, it's excessive when the British and the Americans and have been hitting them so hard so often. The answer is that that's how you have to fight terrorism. They don't fight like a normal army. And there's no way that they can, you know, that they're going to surrender because these the, they live and exist off of the conflict. And uh, and I think it's, it's, it's very important that they, you know, the impression is given that our allies and the others... <laughs> um, you know, care uh, too much of this. I'm afraid is still driven by domestic politics and domestic concerns, uh, which every government, uh, you know, it, it takes into account. But I think in this case, when when lives are at stake, when when the future of the region, the stability of the region, 
Do you think Egypt wants to see Hamas remain? Right. Do you think Morocco wants to see it remain? Saudi Arabia, the UAE, any of them? Bahrain? None of them. I said, None of those who are our allies. Let alone Jordan or, or others who all lives can hang in the balance if we don't destroy them. The biggest, I told you this like two months ago. The biggest problem we have is that we're in an election year. And God could do anything except change election day. That's the, the biggest problem we have right now. Uh, and, by the, and by the way, I stand corrected. I stand corrected. When asked about the hostage deal proposal by Hamas, the president said it seemed a little over the top. When asked about Israeli conduct in Gaza, he said over the top. So you're correct. He did not say little to that. He just went ahead and declared it to be over the top. Um, so, uh, but at the same time, they continue to supply and we have to see to it that it continues because it's vital for Israel's security, uh, and the region that Israel has the wherewithal to continue. And especially given the threats from the North. Yeah. hundred percent. Although Israel does claim at least some of their military officials do claim that they would be prepared for a multi-front war, but what else would they say publicly? Right. Um, so Israel is now entering Rafa, and they've and Netanyahu has made that clear. And uh, frankly, you know, you ask about BB, or I ask about BB rejecting a certain deal. Uh, it, it must be, it has to be, that he and the generals in his inner cabinet feel that Israel is acting in such a uh, in such a powerful manner now against the enemy that they feel that the enemy is going to have no choice but to agree to to a deal that's going to be a better deal for Israel. Once we hear about entering Rafah and the strength that Israel displayed in Khan Yunis, isn't that the direction we're going in, that Israel is convinced that Hamas leaders are going to have to agree to what will be a better deal for Israel? You know, that would be true if we were dealing with rational people. But these leaders of the terrorist organizations don't care about their people. They don't care about the suffering. They wouldn't have done the things they did that brought on all of this if that if they had really any concern for their people. It, it, if they wanted a state, they could have had uh, autonomy in Gaza for the last 20 years. They, they have no interest in it. They don't build it up. They all have become billionaires and they live in luxury in, in Qatar uh, or elsewhere, and they live in in um, and the guys in in Gaza live in in tunnels in in luxurious homes and villas, and you see the shopping centers and the things that they benefited from. So they don't care about the people. They don't care about the future. They are they are agents of Iran. They are they exist and only will have power as long as terrorism exists. So if the system really breaks down and there are free elections and you have a responsible government, not the PA and not the others who have proven to be corrupt consistently and who never benefit, interested in benefiting the people and providing for them, then you are, then, but you can't ascribe those attributes to this leadership because that's not what their goal is. Their goal is destruction of Israel. They're driven by Muslim uh, Islamist ideology, extremism, and by their, their uh, controllers in Iran. You know, it's funny because earlier in this conversation, you you um, elaborated on the fact that uh, they want all of us dead, so to speak. You know, they're not they're not, they're not satisfied with just uh, um, uh, with just Israelis people in that region. They really you know want every Jew on on the planet dead. With your comparison you made to the Nazis, I, I wish you would have an opportunity to convey that message to the American Jews that are being interviewed constantly on local television here, uh, who are marching along with the pro-Hamas demonstrators. I'm not talking about Naturi Karta. 
I am talking about regular Jewish Americans, so to speak, uh, that are, you know, marching for the cause and that are, you know, passionate about the cause that they are marching with and that they don't get this and that they are literally, you know, aiding and abetting the enemy is remarkable. Well, we've heard, we've had a historical antecedent pre- precedence for this where people have joined the enemy thinking that they would somehow uh, uh, benefit or, or be or survive and ultimately they become victims of this as well. Uh, and it's not just Jews. They want to destroy Christians. They want to destroy Muslims who don't agree with their ideology. They want to wipe off everybody. And this is this except for them. And they believe that they will have the dominance of their, their extremist ideology, Shiite or the extremist Sunnis, uh, um, all from these things. This is not where the uh, Moroccan government would stand, where Sisi would stand, where others, um, uh, certainly governments of, you know, the Central Asian countries like Azerbaijan or Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, let alone the Gulf countries. They are looking to us and they're disappointed in how the West never learns the lessons and never, you know, they stood by Israel in the beginning and then you see how quickly they began to fray and they began to succumb to the pressures from from the the demonstrators and to those that you referenced, which gets me equally upset. The media looks for them. Yep. They want man bites dog, not yep. dog bites man. So yep. when a Jew attacks, first of all, we don't know that they're really Jewish. They can claim it. They can be uh, non-Jews as well. They they number one. Number two, we don't know who's paid and who's you know who's uh, a, 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 a you know an anarchist, uh, hostile to America, hostile to Israel, hostile to everything. We always had. They're a fraction. A small fraction, they're a minority. They can be very visible because the media makes them visible. But all of those who stand up, if you see when the Jew is standing up to Israel and especially is vocal and, and effective, they get short shrifted. So they're not interested in having those people. They're interested in having those who are who are critics and who, who uh, uh, will, will criticize to attack Israel and talk about the the Palestinians, Jews are more sympathetic to the Palestinians than any of the Arabs are, than, and, and then even many Palestinians are. They've always cared for it. They treat them in, our, in the hospitals here. They, they have provided aid. They built the universities that are in the West Bank. These are all things done under Israeli governments and, and often with Jewish money. So the, the, the impression that they're trying to create in a sustained, organized effort we see that it's coordinated and the huge amounts of money coming from Qatar and coming from uh, Turkey, coming from Iran, coming from other places and, and the ideological backing that that these all are attributes of this of the battle. And only when you see it in its full context, can you understand what our responsibility and the media, if they want to talk, you know, when when they see crime in, in New York City and you interview the criminals or you invite interview only people who feel that there shouldn't be bail and there shouldn't be any restrictions and you shouldn't have jails, et cetera, of course you're going to end up creating that impression. That's not where the American people are, and that's not what America needs and, and demands of us in this democracy. Oh, I hope you're right. Boy, I, I think you are right. I just, it's, as you said, it's hard to get past that media blockade that they put up. Uh, every time issues like this arise. Um, you alluded to this earlier. 31 families in Israel have been informed that their loved ones are, are I don't know if they were told likely or definitively, depe- you know, uh, um, um, uh, depending, I guess, on the proof. I don't know what proof is provided, uh, that their uh, loved ones are no longer alive. And uh, that leaves around 100 hostages who, according to Israeli authorities, 
are in fact still alive. The um, someone asked me, you know, why Israel would make this public and you know and and declare this, and you know, I said this when, when my son interviewed me last month about my different visits to Israel. I said about the the, the December visit. I I got. And I don't know if you. I don't know how much you're following the. Um, regular Israeli television and radio, but when you're there, it's, all, again, not a criticism, but it's all hostages all the time. I mean, it is just, you know, story after story after story and the demonstrations and the and the um, uh, blockade of the humanitarian aid. And, I mean, just, you get inundated with the stress and anxiety that the families of the hostages are going through. And, again, none of this is a criticism. And I thought that one of the reasons that they'd make this public and declare what they know about those 31 captives is sort of to manage expectations because I think the psyche of the country is dependent on the future of these hostages, the way things are when, at least when I was there a few weeks ago, you could tell me if it's the same today. You think there's something to that, that Israel is simply trying to manage the expectations of its residents and citizens? I think that's a responsible thing to do. I think that that if they have information, they have an obligation to share it. I think it has to be shared in a very careful and uh, sensitive way. Uh, you know that they're doing so much counseling to try to work with the families, but Israel faces such you know there's so many, uh, so many victims, so many soldiers, families, and all the chesed, the wonderful funds that have been set up, the Israel Heroes Fund, and that I know was was recently established, and people should be careful when you give to make sure that they're legitimate, that they are people there that you know and trust, and that it's going to the places and you know it's the quality of of goods and what people really need. Uh, but you see everybody volunteering here, going making sandwiches, the the tourists who come, the others who come, going to the barbecues at night, going down to the, to the people. And so the, the feeling, and I'm telling you again, people should not be dissuaded. The, the, the sense of commitment to this on the part of young people, of, of young recruits coming in, the spirit is so high. Guys who've been there for, for much of the 18 weeks uh, in Gaza are still so uh, devoted. Some are tired, but they remain so um, and at such a high level of commitment that it's it's almost it's superhuman for those of us I think like me to understand the you know the uh, the tenacious nature and the the true understanding and self sacrifice that that they are making so so the management the government's responsibility is to share information right. first with the families and also for the people that whatever the outcome, you know, uh, reality will have to be de- dealt with and faced. Is the aid still being blocked? Because we thought that there was actually some type of uh, law that was either implemented or being enforced to make sure no protesters would block humanitarian aid. But then this morning we saw a report that, in fact, those protests and the blockade of humanitarian aid is continuing. Do you know what the update is on that? I do not uh, know that. The, I, I think that the there there have been strong protests and some of them uh, uh, blocking the the uh, entrances and uh, the, the trucks going in because they're saying you know every truck should get a, a hostage release, every shipment should uh, have a price for it. Right. But you know the humanitarian aid and the you know people are hungry. There, there are limited access of food, and with the crossings from Egypt closed, which nobody talks about, and the uh, uh, other access. You know, the see see how much humanitarian aid 
They get look at the unearthed figures of the money that's been withheld, which is very appropriate given their corruption and the fact that so many of their employees were involved and in, in supporting the, the tragedy of October 7th and the dastardly acts that the the uh, you look at the United States gave 300 and some billion dollars to the EU and et cetera. But when you look at the Arab countries, relatively speaking, their contributions were pretty small. <laughs> I'll tell you, uh, the irony is, uh, is almost laughable. Um, the um, Jewish Breaking News uh, wrote the following couple of days ago, and I want to get your assessment about it, about whether this is accurate and uh, if this is going to be the new normal. It says, Iran is not happy about this. What are they referring to? The UAE, Saudi Arabia, and Jordan collaborate to help Israel circumvent Yemen's Red Sea blockade. Cargo ships dock in the UAE, where goods are unloaded and transported by trucks to Saudi Arabia through speci- specified routes. From there, they proceed to Jordan via highways and ultimately reach Israel through the Jordan River crossing, including their journey in Haifa. Now, Malcolm, you need a lot of cooperation from a lot of new relationships to make this work. Is this, in fact, the new normal? Uh, I don't know that you could describe it as normal. I think that they want to go back to normal. I think that they want to cooperate, and the increased costs for countries, not not Israel alone, but all these countries that are are dependent upon the goods that are shipped. Even China now has joined in the protests, uh, protesting to to the Houthis and to Yemen about the the shooting because now they see that their goods are not being purchased. And and it adds 10 to 15 percent, maybe even more sometimes, to the cost of the goods when they have to go all the way around uh, Africa. As you know, right before this, uh, the October 7th, there were extensive plans in place to create a, uh, a, a land link that goods could come into Ashdod or, uh, or Haifa port, be bussed down to a, lot, a truck down to a lot, and then shipped across to train on trains and things that would go through Saudi Arabia and to the east, even into India, um, and would uh, create a land route that also would go in the north. Uh, through the Central Asian countries. Uh, it would have been, um, I, I mean, I've seen the mock-up and the maps of it, and it, you know, it obviously would have a lot of economic implications and would reduce the cost of shipping goods. That is now uh, not happening, but th- this would be an evidence that uh, there are ways that uh, alternative routes. Uh, Egypt has lost a fortune of income, we have to remember, because the Suez Canal fees are... are um, are cut dramatically and its economic stability is very vital and they've hurting they're hurting on a lot of fronts uh, economically and this just adds to it uh israel needs to worry about u.s aid or or somehow it'll work out like are you worried that that they may not get what they need or you know with the senate and house it's going to eventually work out I think it will work out. The, the support for aid for Israel is is a ninety percent. The it's being hung up because of the deal about the our southern border right. and because of the aid to to uh, Ukraine. Right. And Israel is only fourteen billion out of this deal. Over sixty billion is for Ukraine and uh, the money for our southern border uh, security. So Israel is unfortunately caught in a vise in of the political maneuverings, but. Members of Congress, even those who have, a, uh, there are some who tried, by the way, to impose conditions, and to, and that was defeated uh, generally. And every bill that 
that deals with sport for Israel is passed overwhelmingly. All right, amazing. All right, finally, um, we need your comment about the uh, uh, the U.S. strike in Baghdad this week. What could you tell us? <laughs> that it's long overdue that we allowed our troops to come under 150 assaults over the period of the and the. United States has uh, now uh, taken actions. They've eliminated some of the leaders. Uh, I think this, these actions are not over the top. I think that they're very necessary, but it shows what a country must do to defend its citizens, its interests, and those of our allies. And while some might accuse Israel, uh, United States of war crimes and of excessive actions, the fact is that they are more than valid. They are late, and we need more um, to show that the militias in, in Iraq and in Syria that are a part of the Iranian ring uh, around, that include the Houthis, Hezbollah, Hamas, and the Islamic Jihad. So it's very necessary. We should do more to dismantle that infrastructure of terror. Believe me, the Iraqis uh, want it. They don't want to see uh, Iranian influence expanded. And many elements in Syria as well. Assad wants it because he they have been protectors of his. You know, one of the positive developments of the last couple of weeks, as you and I have spoken, I was really afraid toward the beginning of this war, the first month or two, that this would really, really negatively affect Israel's relationship with certain countries and set back certain countries' relationships with Israel years and maybe decades. But I'm continuing to get the feeling from you, especially as so many countries surrounding Israel really want to want the elimination of Hamas. That uh, this, this, in the long term, uh, this likely will not affect Israel's relationship with the countries they're friendly with so far, or on the road to becoming friendly with as much as I thought. You agree with that? In principle, yes. I, I do think that the things that drove them, the interests, the, the what Israel has to offer them, um, Israel's role in st- stabilizing the region, all of these things remain true. All these governments face internal challenges from Muslim Brotherhood and other extremist Islamist groups like Hamas and like Hezbollah and from Iran. You know, we shouldn't be fooled by what are cosmetic changes uh, in the part of some countries. Right. But on the other hand, it depends on on the outcome. That's what I, why I was stressing it so hard. And, and we, we, you know, perception in the Middle East creates the reality and how people perceive the United States' commitment, the, how strong its word and a bond can be held, especially for its closest ally, they they will judge what risks they can take and and rely on the and how much they can rely on the United States based on that. So the the I think that the many of the countries that you were alluding to want to and have said that they will continue the relationships. I'm not going to say that everything will go back to normal right away. Uh, a lot has to do with quote the street. But we see that they know how to deal with the streets when they when they want to, when they need to. And that for many in those countries, except where they're instigated by Iran and its, its cohorts and allies, that the bulk of them don't want to see these terrorist regimes emerge uh, successful and, and see these terrorist uh, entities getting away with what they did. So the answer is, I think you're right. I think it's 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 going to be, there will be an impact, but it's not going to be uh, disastrous if it's handled right, especially by United States and our allies. Um, excellent. Uh, enjoy uh, Shabbat in Jerusalem, and uh, please, God, we will speak next week. Looking forward to it. Be Mal- well, good Shabbos. Malcolm Honline, Vice, uh, excuse me, Malcolm Honline, Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Malcolm's in Israel. He will be again, please God, next Friday.
always enhances our weekly update. Uh, when one or both of us is in the Holy Land, make sure to be tuned in here at JM in the AM. Kosher Halftime Show this coming Sunday, presented by the Rothenberg Law Firm, InjuryLawyer.com. Avram Fried is our guest, and he will be discussing, we'll play some videos of his incredible encounters with soldiers, with families, with the wounded, as uh, he has spent a lot of time over the last few months entertaining and inspiring those groups in Israel. Avram Fried, our special guest at the Kosher Halftime Show, which drops right before halftime this coming Sunday. This time each every Friday, every Arab Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader emeritus, congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. <coughs> Good Rabbi Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Mishpatim. But before we even get to Parshas Mishpatim, let's first of all acknowledge today is Rosh Chodesh, Rosh Chodesh Adar Rishon, and the month of Adar is that which should give us the inspiration as it reminds us that really we should celebrate Purim in this month. The rabbis teach us that we want the smichos of Purim to Pesach, so we wait to celebrate next month, but there is the element of Simcha that's already coming forth in this month, and Emir Hashem, we should be Zohar, all of Klal Yisrael, to see Simcha for Am Yisrael, Yeshuos, Nechamos, for Achenu Beis Yisrael. We, Baruch Hashem, begin this month of Adar. Rosh Chodesh is today and tomorrow, and we begin this month with a beautiful announcement of Simcha for our host, Nachum Siegel, and his wife, Stacy, who Baruch Hashem was to become grandparents this week with the birth of a baby boy to their children, Binyamin and Kayla, and we wish them that they should be Zoha, Lachniso, Bibriso, Shlavrama Vino Bismano, and they should be, please God, Simchas in all our families. Okay, a lot to do this morning. Parshas Mishpatim is a very rich parsha. According to the Chinuch, it contains no less than 53 mitzvahs, 23 positive mitzvahs, and 30 restrictions. And so much of our Torah Sheba Alpeh, our oral law, is based upon Parshas Mishpatim. Interesting to note, the first mitzvah that we find and is listed in Parshas Mishpatim is that of the Evid Ivri. And this would probably be the first, even though probably almost every mitzvah in this week's parsha is different from that of what we would find in society. A man steals, unfortunately. Okay, and now what do we do? If he can afford to pay back, fine. But if he cannot afford to pay back what is done, so in many societies,
entities, including that of the United States, the person would be thrown into jail. Number one, the person from whom he stole is no better. He doesn't get his money back. Number two, who is he in jail with? His, quote, friends in jail are the criminals, and they're going to teach him, oh my goodness, you did it this way, you should have done it another way. So there is no real chance for rehabilitation when the person is in jail. Look at our Torah HaKadosha. Look at the Torah and how incredible, advanced it is, almost idyllic. And what do we find? And I take back the word almost. What does that mean? The Torah says that rather than put the thief in jail, we quote, sell the thief to another Jew. What does that mean? It means that the Bezdin, Jewish court of law, sells the thief. Now the term sell is a misnomer. The person who, quote, purchases is really like he is renting him for the period of six years. What does that mean? It means that, take a simple uh, number just that we can uh, understand it better. A person stole, let's say, $60,000 and he doesn't have the money to pay it back. So the best in sells the thief to another Jew who takes him into his home. And during the course of the next six years, the thief sees a beautiful home environment. He sees a home of Torah mitzvot. He sees how nicely the uh, family get along one with another. He sees a beautiful Shabbos and Yom Tov. And over the course of the years, he says, whoa, this is the kind of life that I would like for myself. So number one, the thief becomes rehabilitated. Number two, the court who sold the thief, the money that they get goes to the Nignav, the one from whom the money was stolen. So now he's happy as well. And the idea is that the Gemara, the first chapter of Kedushin, actually tells us that when a person acquires the Eved Ivri, the Hebrew servant, it's like he's acquired a master for himself because it's the responsibility of the one who purchased him to afford the thief great honor, great dignity, to build him up. Clearly, what caused him to steal was because, unfortunately, he is depressed, had a low self-image of himself, and now he becomes transformed. The Talmud gives the following example, that uh, the thief has his room in the house, unexpected company comes, and uh, the host is short a pillow. 
he would have thought, he would go to the Ebed Ivri and say, I need your pillow for tonight. And the answer is no. He takes it from one of his children. The Ebed Ivri keeps his pillow. There's a barbecue and more people showed up. So the host says to his children, take the hamburgers and leave the steak for the guests. He says that to his children. He does not say it to the Ebed Ivri. Whoa. When we say every day in Psuke de Zimra, Lo asachin l'chol goi, u'mishpatim al yedo'um, halaluka, which means that HaKadosh Baruch Hu did not do the same to any other people, okay? But, and this is from Psalm 147, the conclusion, he did not do so for any other nation. Such judgments, they know them not. That's exactly correct. They have law courts, and they have various laws on their books, but they don't come anywhere near the way the Jewish law literally uplifts and is concerned about the dignity of man. When it comes to Dalit Vehei, later on in the Parsha, incredible. The Talmud says, the Torah just says if a man steals a sheep and he either and sells it or slaughters it, he has to pay four times the amount of the sheep. And if he steals an ox, he pays five times. Now, the Torah doesn't say why, but Rabbi Yochanan in the Gemara Bavakamu teaches us, do you want to know why? The Torah was concerned even about the dignity of the thief. The thief who steals an ox, it's very simple very commonplace. The ox was like the SUV of yesteryear. It was for transporting. To pull an ox in the street is not embarrassing. When one steals a sheep, one has to carry the sheep on his shoulder as he runs away with it. That act in of itself of humiliation of carrying the thief is taken into consideration, not to be believed. Okay. I want to share with you, as a kind of um, corroboration of this idea, later on in the parsha, in chapter 23, verse 4 and verse 5, the Torah speaks of, should you encounter the ox of your enemy, or his donkey, which is lost, the Torah says, unlike your immediate instinct, which would probably be good for him, and let it, let him have the loss of his animal, the Torah says, no, I'll shave Tishivenu lo. You are to return it to him. And the next verse, Kisarech Hamor should you encounter the donkey, of your enemy, which is unfortunately now under its load, the load has tilted and is falling, the Chodalta, and your natural instinct is not to help him, says the Torah, Ozov Tazov Imo, you are to help him. Now, this is number one part of what Rav Hirsch says that the Torah 
teaches in the extreme. Now, there is, in the Makrokos Gedolos, a commentary called Mosav Rashi, an extension of the Rashi that we have, which is a collection of Rashi from really all over. And what do we find? He says something fantastic. He says that the Torah doesn't have to write that if you encounter the ox of your good friend, that you should obviously return it to him. This is understandable. And this we learn out from a Kalvachomer. And therefore, if I have to return the ox of an enemy, then all the more so, my good friend, I have to return. Interestingly, he says, we can't learn from here that if my ox of my enemy and the ox of my friend are both there and need to be returned, that I can return the ox of my friend? The answer is no. Since it comes from the Kalpo Homer, it can't be greater than the source, and therefore you would have to tend to the ox of your enemy as opposed to the ox of your friend. As the Gemara teaches in the second parak of Baba Metziya, in order to change your nature from, unfortunately, his being your enemy, to one that you now have a friendship with. By your doing this to him, as we say, please God, tonight in Kabbalah Shabbos, Ator Konanto Meshorim Hashem, through his laws of Torah, you have made us into good people. I'd like to share, however, with you, who is this enemy? The Torah says, Lo sisno You're not to have an enemy. You're supposed to tell somebody if they're doing something wrong. So the Gemara says, the nature of this enemy is one who unfortunately is not yet keeping Torah mitzvahs. So the Torah is teaching us here through the mitzvah of, on the one hand, the Shabbos Aveda, and on the other hand, Prikotina, helping somebody whose, whose load has fallen off, and what's going to be painful to the animal and a financial loss, the Torah says you must step in, even if he's not exactly on the same level as you, just the opposite. There is this element of Kirov. There is this element of one Jew being responsible for another. This is with pride the essence of Jewish law. Jewish law is not only to maintain, quote, law and order, or as Robert Frost told us what the American society is, good fences, make good neighbors, as long as one person doesn't disturb the next one, then that's fine. That is just the opposite of Jewish law. Jewish law says we are responsible one for another. Jewish law says that we, through the mishpatim, we become greater people through the Mishpatim, we call Yisrael Arevim, Zelmozeh. Each Jew is responsible for another, but as the Hasidish Rebbe, Rebnatoli of Ripchitz, Ripchitz, 
says, Ko Yisrael a raven, one Jew sweetens the other. Ki Kolech a rave in Shira Shira. What a beautiful understanding of Jewish law. And once again, how proud we are to be a Jew. Good Chodesh to Good Shabbos to all. May we be merited to live by these beautiful laws unique to Judaism called Mishpatim. Shabbat Shalom and good Chodesh to all. From the Purim and Shtetl album, Chaim Yisrael Halpern, Mishanichnas Adar. On this Rosh Chodesh Adar Aleph, candlelighting 502 on this Erev Shabbos Parshas Mishpatim, Erev Shabbos Rosh Chodesh. A two-day Rosh Chodesh, today and tomorrow. That's right, today and tomorrow. A two-day Rosh Chodesh. Here at JM in the AM. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Segal Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, Kosher Halftime Show Sunday. Don't worry, we'll remind you. We'll remind you all over uh, social media and, of course, on our programming uh, of Rummy tomorrow night. Excuse me, Matis Sunday morning with JM Sunday. So, um, there were some listeners who mentioned that Rebalter passed away. Rebalter passed away uh, a few days ago, and uh, Ding sent me the following. Some of our listeners wanted a a tribute that we should spend a minute just to pay tribute to the incredible um, effect and uh, influence that he had on 
children in Israel and the United States and around the world, meaning Rabbi Alter. So Ding sent out the following message. He said, Beloved children singer Rabbi Alter Yachnas was nifter this past Shabbos. He always sang with simcha in his heart and a smile on his face. This is a song he wrote about davening Yehi Zichro Baruch. So let's see if we could do this. Get it on the air here at JM in the AM. This is Rabbi Alter with a song as Ding described it about davening in tribute to Rabbi Alter Yachnas who was nifter last Shabbos right here at JM in the AM. a medrash everyone that when Mashiach comes every school every school will fly to Eretz Yisrael every cheder and kolel they're going home it's Kahalos goodbye the shtivos go roaring like eagles they're soaring and they're off to Eretz Yisrael Yakos are flying way up to Shamayim. They're off to Eretz Yisrael. The shore are flying. Bubby's 80s crying. Ay, 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 that's how it will be. Just you wait and see on the great day when Moshiach comes. All will stop and stare as they sail into the air. What a joy for the children of Avram. Ay, 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 that's how it will be. Just you wait and see on the great day when Moshiach comes. All will stop and stare as they sail into the air. Strike up the band and hit those drums. Hey, what's that? In Brooklyn, the shul in London will fly off to Eretz Yisrael. The shul in Madrid will fly to Tel Aviv. Yeshiva Spring Valley in Muncie and Miami will fly off to Eretz Yisrael. The yeshiva in Gateshead, the kolel in Kiev. Baruch Hashem, Goal Yisrael. That's how it will be. Just you wait and see on the great day that Moshiach comes. All will stop and stare as they sail into the air. What a joy for the children of Avram. Ay, 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 that's how it will be. Just you wait and see on the great day when Moshiach comes. All will stop and stare as they sail into the air. Strike up the man and hit those drums. School and hater. Goodbye, we'll see you later. We'll meet up in Eretz Yisrael. All yeshivas get set. You're gonna take off like a jet. So wrap up your Torahs, your beamers and menorahs, chumashim, sidurim, nice and tight. Stenders and bleachers, rabbis and teachers. Let's all get ready for the flight. Ay, 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 that's how it will be. Just you wait and see on the great day when Moshiach comes. All will stop and stare as they sail into the air. What a joy for the children of Avram. Ay, ay, ay. Nisim v'niflob, avoyz. Nisim v'niflob, avoyz. Ahad ein cheker. Nisim v'niflob, avoyz. Nisim v'niflob, avoyz. Ahad ein mihispor. Ay, ay. These buildings are so precious. These buildings are kadosh. In Golos, why should they remain? 
They'll take off to the east, always there in disbelief. They're coming home and flying like a plane. And so they'll take off to the east, always there in disbelief. They're on their way, they're coming home, hooray!
J.M. and the A.M. with the Rabbi's Sons, and Anim Zmiros in honor of Shabbos. Before that, but Sezi Stroll in honor of Rosh Chodesh. It is Rosh Chodesh Adar Aleph today and tomorrow. On this era of Shabbos Parshas Mishpatim, candle lighting is at 5.02 in New York. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Get ready for the Kosher Halftime Show Sunday, starring Avram Freed. Time to say good Shabbos with Journeys at J.M. and the A.M.
winter, it's a very special sign. Your candles will be burning, they'll fill your home with light. Singing songs of Shabbos, well into the night. So throw away your hammer, there's nothing left to do. Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at alchemsegal.com on the Alchemsegal Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing day and a great week here at JM and the AM. Thanks so much to everybody for tuning in and being part of this wonderful radio experience. A special thank you for all the Mazel Tov wishes. Stacy and I, and of course, the Levinson family, all very appreciative. Baruch Hashem, mother and baby doing well. Um, Kosher Halftime Show, of course, Sunday night. Matis Sunday morning with JM Sunday. Avrami and uh, Rabbi Eliezer's Wickler tomorrow uh, at 9 p.m. with Saturday Night Siegel. All day long, it's the Arab Shabbos Music Mix brought to you by our friends at Kedem. And at 10 o'clock, coming up, Mark Zamek and the Arab Shabbos Show, specifically for Shabbos Rosh Chodesh. Coming up at 10 o'clock, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Have a phenomenal Shabbos, wonderful weekend. Enjoy the Kosher Halftime Show, and let's pray for our brothers and sisters who are being held by the enemy for the 18th consecutive Shabbat. Till Monday, Nachum Single reminding you, remember to past, live the present, and trust the future.